This is Internal Monologue with Lisa Hayes, where I talk about all the things that go on in my head with pretty much no filter. We're going to reflect on spirituality, personal growth, coaching, and maybe a dash of politics with no guilt, no bypassing, no hype, and no cringeworthy nonsense. You're going to be glad you're here. Hello, and welcome to Internal Monologue, where me and the birds in the background are going to keep you company for the next few minutes and just ignore all of that beautiful, restful, relaxing bird noise. I have waited too long for there not to be that kind of background noise, and it'll never get done. So welcome to Internal Monologue. If you are here for the masterclass, all I have to say is... Better late than never, right? Because if you signed up for Masterclass, I promised you material the first week in August, and that did not happen. We had some technical delays that set us back for weeks, but we are on track, and I am excited to dig in today. What we're talking about today is beauty, creating beauty specifically. And I think this is such a powerful subject because really creating beauty is about reclaiming your personal power. But before we even start, I want to acknowledge that this material truly, I think, flows in and out of, it weaves through the tool house, the sort of wheelhouse of the beautiful and genius Jacqueline Gates, who talks about intentional nesting. She talks about using your environment as a vision board, a manifestation tool, so to speak, and about creating, using your home and your environment in very, very intentional ways to bring into your life, you know, to live as if now, very specifically, what you want to create in the future. And Jackie and I talked about this before I started this, um, this this topic of discussion that I thought she should be the one to talk about intentional beauty and healing. But alas, it is me. So I am going to credit in advance because a lot of what I say when we're talking about intentional beauty may sound very familiar to people who've worked with or been in spaces with Jacqueline Gates. You should go find her, JacquelineGates.com. I, yeah. Yeah, so big credit, lots of credit in advance to her work for influencing me and a lot of what we're going to talk about related to intentional beauty. Now, I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, beauty in a media-driven sort of, you know, spin to the dough kind of way. Because I do think that, you know, the health and beauty industry, the personal beauty industry, to some degree, even like the home decor industry and the home and garden industry, right? Like these are monoliths of capitalism where you are sort of sold this bill of goods that says if you spend enough money to make yourself beautiful, to beautify your wardrobe, to beautify your space, you are going to be good enough. And none of this has to do with not being good enough. 
none of it because we're not talking about worthiness or value we are assuming accurately by the way that you are absolutely worthy and incredibly valuable as you are so this is not about a remaking of you in terms of talking about beauty what this is is an ongoing discussion about how creating beauty empowers us. It centers us. It gives us a place to focus on our ability to create, right? Making us not victims to everything when we may feel incredibly powerless, powerless. This is about going to the most essential and organic places of our lives and owning them intentionally, lovingly, with beauty in mind in a way that comforts and heals like almost nothing else does. And if you look around the world right now, which some people are going to say, well, I don't look around the world because I don't watch the news, right? Like, I, I don't even care. We, are, we live in a collective. We are all impacted by what's going on in the world, even if we aren't directly associated with it or watching it in some way. But if you look around the world right now, we are in a state of unprecedented, so much so I hate the word unprecedented, right? unprecedented shift and flow and change. There are so many things going on that we have almost become numb to the gravity of the changes that in the world, in our societies, we are experiencing. And it's a lot. And all of that feels very much like powerlessness and trauma and overwhelm and to some degree impending doom. Now, I think we have a natural instinct, right, related to the f that, that kind of fear, right, that kind of impending doom, that kind of uncertainty, that sort of feeling that we can't control things that are uncontrollable. And that instinct really is to focus on comfort in our spaces, comfort in our spaces, beauty in our spaces, right? I mean, I have lived in places where like storms, big storms come along and have significant impacts on, you know, people who are in the wake of those storms. And the instinct, right? When a big storm is coming, I almost always have the instinct to clean my house, tidy up, organize and beautify. In fact, you very often find me like, you know, still doing that cleaning out a drawer, you know, rearranging something on a shelf, finishing the dishes or the laundry, right? Still doing that right up until the time the power goes off. Now, one might say that's practical. Just get it all done because you don't know what kind of effects you're going to experience from something like a big storm. But I think it's more than practical. I think that instinct is about knowing that beauty and comfort are intertwined in very, very practical ways and very real ways, not like in imaginary, etherical kind of ways, but in very practical ways where we can create beauty. We experience that sense of empowerment and the sense of comfort that comes with it for, you know, an extended period of time after the act itself. 
And doing that before an event, before a storm, before something, right? Before election day, in my case, you guys know me, right? Doing that, it is a generous act of self-love that pays dividends now and in the future, right? Planning for comfort that I will experience in the days to come because I have created beauty in the wake of crisis. Same thing goes with trauma. If I have experienced something that has impacted me deeply in a traumatic way, I mean, I, I have two instincts, right? I can fight against my, like, I can fight against myself with sort of two voices. One thing that I would tend to do in trauma, which I think is true for most people, is to just sort of retreat into a ball in the corner. And maybe given whatever the trauma is, that is an appropriate healthy response for a period of time. But my instincts, right, in the aftermath of trauma are almost always going to like pick me up off the floor, roll me out of that ball, and I will find myself doing very similar work, maybe creating art, breaking out my paints and doing actual art, maybe like exploring new music, being in a musical space very intentionally in my home, beautifying my space, again, picking up, organizing, beautifying the rooms that I live in, because it gives me a sense of empowerment, not necessarily control. And I think that's important, right? Because we are up against things in our universe right now collectively and most of us personally that we cannot control and trying to control those things are it's going to make you crazy so much is going on that is absolutely beyond our control in a physical plane now i'm not negating sort of a metaphysical plane or a spiritual plane right that work is separate but in a physical plane we make ourselves crazy trying to control the uncontrollable so I'm not talking about doing the work of beautification as a tool for therapy or healing to make you feel more in control. In some ways, intentional beauty allows us to release the need to control because we feel comforted and empowered. It's little things. It is bringing home the flowers from the market. It is putting them next to the nightstand. It is burning a candle that has a scent that makes you feel more personally beautiful or beautifies the space. It is the good sheets, the good dishes, the good towels. It is opening the windows, pulling the curtains back, allowing nature to flow through. It is Finding ways to make your spaces, your life, your experience more sensory-centered. And we're going to talk more about what it means to be sensory-centered, right? But if you are experiencing something where one of your senses, your sights, sounds, the, the tastes, the touch, the smells, all of it, right? If you are having an experience where one of your senses or more than one of your senses is deeply engaged in a pleasurable way, you are not in that moment in the throes of actively experiencing 
your trauma, your fear, your anxiety, any of it. And we can create those experiences intentionally for ourselves. We have the power to shift our experiences out of our head and filter them through our five senses. Which is beautiful. So I'm going to repeat that. To take your experiences out of your head where you're like replaying it and chewing on it and regurgitating it, gnawing on it, right? That constant sort of mind fuck that we do with ourselves about when we are living too much in our heads. And instead, center our experiences, ground ourselves into our five, maybe six, five senses, five senses, which brings us into the now into the moment, into the center of feeling safe, alive, and human. If we intentionally create those experiences to do so. I was talking to a woman the other day who was, we were sort of discussing what is the most stressful part of your day. And I am sharing this with her permission, by the way. Um, And she was saying, undoubtedly, unequivocally, without any question, I commute an hour and 15 minutes or an hour and a half each way to and from work. And that commute is killing me. And she went on to talk about how stressful the commute was and how stressful it was to know that she wasn't home with her family because she was still on the road or the stress of being on the road in the morning and the concern or worry that traffic was going to get bad and she would be late to work. And the feeling of being in prison, like in imprisoned by her car in a way that made her feel very claustrophobic and resentful, not just of her work, by the way, but also of her family, because the demands of being present for other people would stack up until she got home. And she instantly felt overwhelmed the minute that she walked in the door at home and at work because of the commute. And we introduced the concept of creating sensory beauty for herself during that period of time. And at first, I think it pissed her off, pissed her off. For me to suggest that a problem that is so weighty and uncomfortable and complicated and required, no way out of it, she cannot see a way out of this commute, could be solved by changing the music that she was listening to changing her clothes before she got into the car at work so that she was comfortable by bringing into her environment like essential oils that specifically uplifted her mood by giving herself something really delicious to drink on the way home by concentrating less on the traffic and more on the scenery of the beautiful commute that she actually had. And of course, I wouldn't be telling you this story if it didn't work, because it did. It did fairly quickly, actually. When she started focusing on how could she make her commute more beautiful, almost as a game, 
right? Almost just play, like just pushing herself to take it to another level and take it to another level. Just the game of it, the challenge of it shifted her focus, but the experience of being in the car became much more pleasurable because she was intentionally filtering it through her senses, creating beauty in a sensual way in a space that previously felt chaotic, unpleasant, anxiety-ridden. And it might sound a little bit like fantasy to you too, because it seems so simple, but it's not. Creating intentional beauty through our senses, in our spaces, in our environment, in our experiences is one of those things that is simple, but not easy. Maybe that's the way I should put it, right? And it can sound so simple that it might seem trivial to to try, but it's not trivial. This is the place we find our power to influence all of our experiences. And that's huge, huge. So we start at home right now because it's the place that we need the most safety and the most comfort. Our homes, whatever they are, right? Whatever they are, whether it's the back of the van or the multi-million dollar mansion, it makes no difference. Our homes right now, and maybe all always, but especially now, are a refuge from the world when the world is maybe the most chaotic it's ever been in the history of humanity. Historians might argue that point. I don't care. I'm, I'm just saying it, right? Like things are really, really, really hectic. It, it, it's chaotic. A lot of stuff is going on out there. And most of it is unsettling. And the place that we find our power and our center is in the refuge of home. So we are going to start at home. What I would like to do right now is challenge you to look at every one of your, you know, the rooms that you occupy in your home, not like the spare bedroom or your, you know, significant other's office that you don't have to go into. I don't want you to like reorganize the mudroom or the laundry room. I, w- I want you to pick the spaces in your home that are essential for your comfort. And I would like you to concentrate on nothing more than making them more beautiful, more beautiful. Bring in, you know, the throw blanket that gives you that sensual comfort of touch. Bring in, like I said, the flowers, the, the, the candles, the essential oil diffusers, open the windows, filter the light, play with the music and the sounds, let a breeze flow through, I don't know. But the beauty you've got right now, right, is fueling the experience that you have. And so wherever you're at in the spaces that determine your comfort, up level the beauty, up level the intentional creation of sensual presence. 
I don't mean that in a sexual way. I mean that in a five sense kind of way. Give yourself more beauty in all of those spaces. And then sit with it for a little bit, a week, two weeks, and measure, honestly, do you feel even just a slightly, slight bit more at ease, more grounded, more present, more in the moment when you're in those spaces? Because my guess is if you enter a practice of creating intentional beauty in your spaces, you will see incremental improvements, if not massive shifts in your ability to unfold and unwind into a reality that we are all collectively sharing right now that is very chaotic, if not frightening at times. We don't have to alchemize what's going on out there to feel better. What we need to do is alchemize the places and the spaces that are closest to us so that we can feel more empowered. And then maybe from a more empowered place, we will be more present and capable and aware, more alive, more energetic, and more available to alchemize, to do our work, to contribute positively in the collective. But right now, I want you to focus on beauty a little bit every day in all of your essential spaces. So obviously, birds in the background agree with me. Big love. We will talk about this again soon. Thank you for listening to Internal Monologue with Lisa Hayes. If you would like more information, you can find me at lisamhayes.com or thecoachingguild.com. It was better because you were here. Join us again next time and have a beautiful day.